Good morning and welcome back to Young Bucks, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospect podcast here on DK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stumpf and I am joined as always by my co-host Jared Prugar. Jared, how you doing man? Listen, there's nothing that makes my ears happier than hearing you get through that cleanly and efficiently just like you just did, but I'm pretty good. It's the beginning of March. Baseball is in full swing. You're in Florida. You left me here to rot away in Pennsylvania. Um, so it must be nice. Yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly. I think Florida is the state more associated with rotting out of the two. Well, it depends on which crime scene uh, show you watch. Maybe if, if you're a Dexter <laughs> fan, I get it. Maybe if you're CSI, Miami, that too. I think that's two Florida votes for Florida right there. I've never watched Dexter, so I don't know. Oh, you've got to. I think you'd, you'd enjoy that show if you ever had time. But you're busy in Florida at spring training. How is that going? It is, it is going. I mean, it's nice to get the actual look at guys, you know, in, in person. And I guess we should eventually get to the topic of this first segment, um, which kind of ties into it with the guys like Quinn Priester, like Lavere Pagera, whenever he actually does show up in camp, he, I haven't heard anything from the parts and I haven't talked to him to a, in a couple of days, but he was hopeful that he was going to be able to come in this weekend. There's no guarantee on that, obviously. Um, him, there are just like a bunch of young prospects in this age range. And the question is, where do you put them once the season gets started? Because I'll be honest, I don't, I haven't gotten a straight answer for where a lot of these guys are going to be going. And I'm led to believe two things. Either A, they're going to – I'm just going to use the Priester, Malone, Majinski, guys like that. They're either A, going to start in Bradenton with a chance to move up to high A Greensboro at some point, or they could start at Greensboro and spend most of the year there and maybe at the end get a call up to Altoona. Jared, looking past maybe the bias that you could probably knock out some really good features at the end of the year if they go to Altoona. Um, what are you for? Are you aggressive with the player development? Maybe not so and like make the guys throw a lot of innings, but you know, push them, like go up the extra level. Well, and that's, I think that's the kind of the, the crazy thing is we don't know how well or how much they developed at the alternative site. Right. Yeah. So these guys, a lot of these guys haven't been playing for a year, whether they, and, and they could have gone to some other leagues, but a lot of the higher guys are, aren't going to that. They, they played in the alternative site. And but what kind of development went on there? On there, obviously the competition was there, but there wasn't a lot of live game and, and professional baseball um, games that that they could get into. Obviously scrimmages, controlled setting. I get that, but but we don't know where they're at as far as developmentals go. And I think that's big too because you you can quantify things by their data and by their statistics and say okay, well, Priester did this at this level. He did this against this guy. But these guys were in this condensed environment, and we don't know really what that entails, which is kind of a blessing and a curse because nobody, I think, outside of the Pirates organization knows where these guys are going to go. And obviously they're still down there in the, in the big camp um, for most of them. Uh, but it, So 
we really have no idea. And I think, you know, it all depends on what happened at the alternative site. What happened in Altoona that summer? And not just Altoona, the instructional development camp that happened in October. And I think that's, for, for a lot of people, that was the only in-person instruction that a lot of the legitimate prospects went to. And, and not to count anyone out, but I, if you weren't in Altoona and you weren't in the development camp, it's hard to really consider you a prospect on the Pirates radar, unless you were like in the Dominican or, or something like that. There's... That's a pretty big net of like, I can't remember exactly how many were in development, but that's pushing almost a hundred players, you know, between Altoona and that's, and I, I mean, that's right. gotta and, be something. Right. Maybe and not a hundred, but we'll, we'll, we'll say, we'll say 50. Exactly. And I think it obviously means that those are guys that are, that are on that list of that up, the upper, uh, upper echelon prospects, not the mid-range guys that might have been on the cusp, maybe if it weren't for an injury or something like that. But what do the Pirates and what do Ben Sherrington and the organization value most? Do they, do, do they value development in, in game situations or do they value it in fundamentals and in the practice developmental aspect of it where you're in a controlled environment you're working each day towards that, that towards that. So, I, I mean, it's what do you think that they, um, they prefer? And honestly, to be perfectly blunt with you, I think they prefer the development aspect the way it was because it, you've spent a whole year, you're not necessarily taxing your arm where you're, where you're going against the, the rev limit. Uh, you're not redlining per se, whether you're a pitcher, hitter, or whatever. But for guys like Nick Gonzalez, like that's huge because that's your, it's like a red shirt year in football, like in college where you get to go in and you get to develop and then you get to be um, a professional baseball player. Yeah. Uh, just to give an answer or not an answer, but if I can make a prediction on what's going to happen to a lot of these guys, what's going to happen to Priester, what's going to happen to Nick Gonzalez. I have a feeling they are maybe not Nick Gonzalez, but just a general rule of thumb. I think the general rule of thumb is the parts are going to start these kids off with the conservative placement. So for like Quinn Priester, that would be go to low A Bradenton. And after a couple starts, a quick promotion to Greensboro, because this is something that Charrington's also talked about. It's a lot easier to promote a guy than to depromote a guy. And I, I don't think, you know, Quinn Priester would get depromoted if he started at Greensboro. But if they want just to get that running head start going on, that's fine. But this is a big year for a lot of these guys, not only because there was the year loss, but because it's going to really dictate where, when they come up to the major leagues. Like if Quinn Priester starts in Greensboro, gets to Altoona midseason, well, then it's very reasonable to assume that he'll get to Altoona, not Altoona, Indianapolis at some point in 2022, and he'll be in the majors in 2023. If he doesn't get to Altoona in 2021, then it's starting to look more like 2024 promotion is, is going to be in the books. And, and I'm sure the, the Pirates aren't going to rush a kid like this, but getting him in 2023, even for part of a season, that'd be a good feather in the cap of the player development. No. And I think that's absolutely right. And I think obviously you can look at it two different ways because pitchers, I think you're going to, you're going to err on the side of conservative uh, just because of the nature of the position. Yeah. Um, but hitters and, and defenders 
obviously you can, I mean, I don't want to say rush them, but you can kind of move them more rapidly through the system um, just because it's easier to adjust because of the physic, the nature of, of the position that they play and, 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 and hitting. But, but no, I think it's going to be a situation where, you know, you go out and, and you see a priester and you're conservative with him unless he goes out and, and absolutely dominates and he's got nothing else to go. Um, but up. So if he goes out and he, and I kind of, honestly, as a, as a coming with the coach's mindset, I kind of want to see him go out and fail. I want to go out and see him struggle and see how he handles that. Because, you know, when you're going up against your own teammates every day, it's a little different, but when you're going out against opponent opponents, I want to see him struggle a little bit and see how he handles that type of adversity and see what kind of makeup he has, if he can handle that and then see him have success and see him get there, get that failure out of the way early and continue the development that way. I don't, I get what you're saying with the failure. If he does fail, I want to see him fail for lack of a better phrase, the right reasons. Like we, we know this kid has a killer curveball. But one of the things that he's in camp doing, what he's really trying to gather information on is how to improve his changeup. And you know what? There's a big difference between, you know, if he gets hit with his changeup, but he feels like he's still making progress with it, that's what I want to see from Quinn Priester. And I feel like he can make that progress in Greensboro this year. I don't really see many people outside of, like, maybe the draft picks, pitchers, in, like – the other really, really, really young guys, you know, the Braxton Nashcrafts of the type of the world's so like that have to start in Bradenton. I look at these pitchers, the Eddie Yeans, the Brennan Malones, even Majinski, even though he was just a draft pick, it's like, I, I feel like they could probably start in Greensboro, push them, maybe not in terms of innings, but push them in terms of the competition they face and what you want to develop on these kids. No, absolutely. And, and you get to see what you got, man. And, and, I'm I'm not sold. Like I said, I, I I want. I'm very interested to see how much they've developed at the alternatives type because I think that's the big question mark, right? What what were they able to accomplish? How how much growth did they have there? And that's going to dictate obviously a lot of things because if there's anybody that knows as much about these guys as anybody, it would be Charrington and obviously the staff that was in Altoona last summer. Speaking of alternate sites, we're going to take a quick break here. They're coming back in 2021. It's kind of news to everyone. (laughs) We're going to talk about that whenever we get back. And welcome back to Young Bucks here on DK Sports Radio. I am Alex Stumpf. I'm joined, as always, by Jared Prugar. Jared, the alternate sites are coming back. Major League Baseball, a couple weeks ago, we we talked about this as a segment on the show about how they're scheduling things for AAA and AA and single A. And since AAA spring training was going on at the same time as Major League ones, their season was going to start in April. Well, now it's not. It's going to be what it was at least to start last year or at least to start the year, there's going to be an alternate training site. And then the triple a season starts in early May with the other leagues. 
just to say at the time of this recording, we do not know which, uh, where the Pirates alternate site would be. We're recording this late Thursday night. Show an industry, industry secret of how difficult it is sometimes to get two people together whenever we're all running around. But we don't know yet. I, I think Altoona makes the most sense. That's where they just did it last time, and that got good reviews there. But let's just take it one step further. Jared, you, you brought up a good point that we don't know exactly how effective all the alternate sites were. It, good reviews in general. But did Major League Baseball put the cart in front of the donkey on this? <laughs> I think it's all like, – for the last year, really, right? We, yeah. There's – like every day is a new day. Obviously, that like that's very cliche to say, but like every day we wake up not knowing what's going to happen next. Are there going to be more mandates? What's going to happen? And I think in the professional sports world, I mean, you look at the Penguins, right? To cross sports, you look at the Penguins and Sidney Crosby and Todd Reardon uh, were just out up until um, Thursday night's game against the Flyers because of COVID issues. So I think it makes sense. And I think let's be real. I, I know we talked about this when we talked about the schedules for the minor leagues. I think this was always the case, but you look at it and you're like, okay, well, they're going to be, you're, you're going to be playing at the same time that these guys are, but you're here, there, whatever. But now you look at it and it's like, wow, we have this flexibility. Everything else in the minors is starting later. Why not have this built in time to get the season up and running, make sure that, that there are no issues and, and make sure that we can we can have the season that we want to have because as we know in Pennsylvania they're going to be we're going to be allowed to have fans and spectators at, at games um, which is great I think that's it's a very big step but I also think that you know I think the alternative site is kind of a, a good idea to an extent um, like I said we don't really know what exactly goes on at the alternative site. Um, and how, with how much development, whatever, obviously it keeps guys in shape, but it also allows these guys to continue working and continue kind of keep, keep what they built in spring training um, going on. Because I would imagine that some of the guys in this spring training and this, aren't all going to be going to AAA. So with that, you kind of have to let those other guys in the system kind of build up to what they're at because it's going to be separated or separated um, spring trainings. So I think that's why it makes it the most sense. And it was just built in time. So I think this is the plan all along. But when you see, Oh, minor league schedule, you get excited. And then you're like, well, why is there a month between the starts? Because not every, um, every system is, is the same. So you look at the pirates and listen, could some of those guys play in triple A? Yeah. Is that going to stunt their growth? Probably. Not maybe not probably, but absolutely. Um, but what works for the Pirates as far as who they have in camp is going to be different than the Mets or than the Reds or than the Indians or or St. Louis or whoever. So I think that's kind of where Major League Baseball was going. And I, honestly, I think it's kind of a good idea. Yeah, I, I'm not going to knock the idea of the alternate sites. I mean, last year it was it, it worked last year across baseball. There were some problems early on with, you know, getting some testing done because Major League Baseball forgot that the 4th of July was a holiday. Uh, but besides that, you know, it, it, there weren't any real issues with anyone's alternate site all year. 
that we know. I'm not of. knocking the idea. It's probably you know what. Looking at it objectively, having an alternate site for a month before the minor league season is is probably the right call. My issue is we. This isn't like a grand revelation. There was nothing where it's like, hey guys, we really looked at the data. We need to go back to the alternate sites. You know, we we really thought did some soul searching. We have to do this. I don't know what they're doing in, in that regard because this this was such an easy idea. If they would have just said at the beginning, alternate site for a month, AAA season starts at the same time as, as everyone else, no one would have blinked an eye. But this is kind of Major League Baseball taking more baseball away from these affiliates, from these cities. from And it's the same damn problem that, they, that we've been talking about for over a year, that they're taking baseball away from cities. And this is... They, they promised something and they took it away. That's messed up. I, I feel bad for anyone who bought an opening day ticket for the, Indian, for the Indianapolis Indians. And whoever, you know, waited for that May 4th game, congratulations. That's great foresight on your part. No, and, and, that's, and that's, that's true. I think that's a very good way to look at it because, listen, if, you're gonna, if this was the plan all along and you think about it logistically, you, let's take a step back to the beginning of February and you see – where they're going to have two separate spring trainings, right? Listen, not everybody in AAA is, is, a, is a prospect. No. Um, so that's, that's the thing too, right? So you've, like, not everybody's going to be there. And you have, to fill out every, you have to fill out all four teams in the organization. You can't do that with just the major league camp, right? So if this is the plan all along, just come out and say it. Listen. There's nobody – there isn't a worse league at, at handling this type of thing than Major League Baseball, right? Like, <laughs> the, there's nobody that's worse at building their, brand, their game and their brand because it's such an old boys kind of thing. It's just like, oh, well, we're Major League Baseball. We're America's pastime. Well, yeah, and you're getting old and you're not making yourself anything youthful. That's another story for a different day. But just come in and say, hey, listen – we're going to have the alternative spring trainings um, probably at the sites that make the most sense logistically. Um, and, and this is where those guys that, that have been in camp are going to be a taxi squad. Um, and then after a month or so, once the people that are in the spring training camp for the rest of the minor league system, once they're ready, we're going to bring, we're going to bring everybody together and then we're going to have a season. It's going to start May 4th and everybody is going to have this off day and it's going to help with call-ups. It's going to help with demotions. It's going to help with everything. Come out and say that at the beginning and be proactive instead of, well, we just decided yesterday at lunch that we're going to have the alternative springs, alternative sites. And guess what? Well, um, everything's going to be delayed for a month. Just come out and say it. Like we, it it makes perfect sense. Just come out and say it. Like we're not going to fault you, Rob Manfred, for for making something sensical. And and honestly, I hope this. I hope what is uh, what could come of this. And this is kind of selfish because I'm in Altoona, right? We might have the opportunity for that month in Altoona to go see these guys work out. And I think that's an excellent opportunity now with fans. I don't know what. Because if you look at it the way that the PNG field is um, set up, 
those players won't really interact with fans. Now, it, it sucks that there probably won't be any autographs or anything like that. Though there definitely won't be. Th- right. But yeah. so, so you have that. And I think that could be an excellent opportunity, too, where you guys get this guy's – and this is kind of like, all right, well, you guys didn't have this. So come in, pay five, ten bucks, and see these guys work out. Maybe see a split squad or an inner squad or, or whatever and get to see these guys work out and, and, and play the game. And I think that could be an opportunity um, as well. I'll tell you what, if, if the Altoona curve, if that does happen, I, this is really putting the cart in front of the buggy here. <laughs> but if, if they do allow, you know, uh, 20% mass gatherings at, at P&G Field, and they say 10 bucks split squad, Nick Gonzalez's team versus O'Neill Cruz's team, you're, you're going to sell some tickets. <laughs> you're going to sell some tickets. No, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the next opportunity because guess what? These guys could be there. These guys could not be there. And I think we, you, you brought this up um, earlier in the segment. I think Altoona is, is a perfect opportunity, right? Because let's, when, we, when you think about it, well, they're not going to go to Greensboro. They're not going to go to Indy, even though that's the AAA team, because Indy, from a logistics standpoint, getting to and from Pittsburgh, to and from Indy, from Pittsburgh, or vice versa – isn't easy unless you're playing Cincinnati or Chicago or St. Louis, and you're not always going to be playing them, right? Altoona is a two-hour drive away. You're not fly- a 15-minute f- a flight if you're frisky. But, but you it's, fly it's- from Pittsburgh to Altoona? Yes. I Listen, I'm 100% doing this this summer. Um, what? Listen, when you hear my summer plans, and we'll get to them in, in probably a later episode, I've got an excellent feature on Nick Gonzalez, should he be in Altoona? I've got a roller coaster um, and a story, and I'm going to fly from Pittsburgh to Altoona and, or Altoona to Pittsburgh and back, and it's going to be an incredible experience. All 15 okay. or 30 minutes, I'm in the air. But, um, but that's the thing. So for us, you know, you look at it, and and you look at. I think it would be an excellent opportunity if they did this around the country. Obviously. Listen, what happens in Pennsylvania is way different than Ohio and Texas and Florida and, and everywhere. So um, I think this could be an excellent opportunity, logistically speaking, uh, for fans to get baseball and for them to build something and, and just get that season kicked off. Because, listen, we are, we are starved for normalcy. And getting guys on the field and getting guys playing a game and having fun and smiling and – and seeing that, I think, is huge for, for just morale and, and for the mental aspect of, of life right now. We're going to take one more break. We're going to have a little more show for the left one if we come back. And welcome back. One more time to Young Bucks. Jared, what did we learn on the show today? I'll tell you what I learned. I you learned that you could you fly from Altoona to Pittsburgh. And I, I, I'm looking forward to the story, but I have, for the life of me, don't know why anyone would do that. It better be a good story. Uh, listen, it will be. Um, you you listen, don't have I to learned... spoil it. Oh, no. I, first of all, I have to do it. And I think hopefully it's – Listen, we still haven't gotten even from when you, when you um, vultured uh, the conference or the East, the division series from me. Did um, you see that? I forgot to tweet that out. I'm so mad at myself now. Did you see the curve tweet that out? 
the the you had to be there. It, it was uh, for no, the championship I because I wasn't. Oh well, the championship I, because was great. I forgot I to tag you. I was gonna quote tag you and be like, I was there. Jared wasn't. Ah. Uh, yeah. Well, for the for the championship game, I was. Um, but for the division series, you had vultured it from me. Mm-hmm. I had football going on as well um, because I like to do everything imaginable, and I haven't mastered how to say no. Uh, which leads me to every podcast that I've ever been on. But anyway, uh, what I've learned is I want I want fans in stands. I think it's there's nothing to me better than baseball. I think it's a romantic game. I think it's incredible. I don't. I think there is. I don't think there's a more unifying sport um, than than the game of baseball. And I think that's what we need right now. It's been a year of this. Just the, this has been the longest two weeks of my life. Right, flattening the curve not being normal, um, but getting fans back in the stands is going to be huge um, for that. Uh, with the vaccines coming out, I think that's great, but I want these people to turn the alternative sites into an opportunity for fans to come out and see in a safe environment what's coming and what they've missed. Because we haven't, in Altoona, we haven't had baseball since this time last year. And even then we didn't get to that to get, to get to that point we didn't even get to the high school season so i think that's huge that that is what i learned today i want there to be an alternative site not tuna selfishly uh both for work purposes but also for just our community um and for for all the communities that have the alternative sites um throughout the country because i think that's going to be what baseball needs to be that sport because you can't do that for football you can't do that for basketball but for baseball something that's spread as nationwide as it is and, and deeply rooted in in the local communities i think that's exactly what baseball needs um and now is the perfect time uh to do it if it's safe and and healthy enough to do so you did more learning than i did today that's what i learned also on this listen show someday <laughs> listen all you have to do is fly man i'll pick you up to the airport I I'm going to drive to Altoona. I'll drive a couple times out to Altoona. There's nothing a wrong with minute, 22. A 15 minute flight in like a World War II jet just doesn't sound like. A no, good. it's not that. It's a puddle jumper. I, I've seen that video of like the Wright brothers. It's, it's very well. That's kind of like it is, but it's also much like the plane uh, they used in Major League. There we go. That makes me feel even worse by comparison. Thank you so much for listening to everyone. If you have not already subscribed to DK Sports Radio, you should. There are a lot of good shows on there, including the We Are podcast that Jared hosts. I'm giving him the plug first this time because he pulled he, he pointed out how you know hypocritical I was of that. But there's also the podcast to be named later that I host. Be sure to listen to both of those. Thank you for listening today. We'll talk again next week. Mm-hmm.